0: This season of Tub Talk is brought to you by Barracuda MSP. Every 11 seconds there's a new ransomware attack. There are so many ransomware attacks that governments are now classifying them as terrorism. And it's not just big companies that are being targeted. Small and medium-sized businesses are becoming victims too. What are you as an MSP doing to help your clients from becoming the next victim? Barracuda MSP is here to help you ensure you and your clients are prepared and protected against the inevitable ransomware attacks. Let Barracuda MSP help you strengthen your ransomware protection plan as a special offer for tub talk listeners visit barracudamspcom msp.com forward slash tub talk and receive a free first month on any subscription you start with barracuda msp that's barracudamspcom msp.com forward slash tub and receive a free first month on any subscription you start with barracuda msp thanks to barracuda msp for helping bring you tub talk now on with the show Hey there, Richard Tubb here with the latest episode of Tub Talk, the podcast for IT consultants. Now, you'll know that this season we're spotlighting some of the most amazing women in tech. Well, today's guest definitely fits that bill. I'm speaking with Alicia Klevschuk. Now, Alicia is the Principal Product Marketing Manager for Email Security at Barracuda Networks. In her role at Barracuda, Alicia focuses on defining how organizations can protect themselves against advanced email threats, spear phishing, account takeover. She really is an expert in this area. Now, prior to Barracuda, Alicia worked in email security, brand protection, and IT research. I'm really looking forward to having a conversation with Alicia today. Alicia, welcome to Tub Talk.
1: Hi, nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you for
0: taking time out of your day. I know you're on the West Coast of the US and it's early. So thank you for getting up early to speak to me. Where are you joining us from today? Where would you go home?
1: So I'm in California. I'm on the West Coast um, in the Bay Area, actually. So exactly where a lot of the cybersecurity and a lot of the IT uh, companies are based and founded. Oh, that must right be to an ex-
0: <laughs> exciting place to, to live and work then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How do you find it getting out to local coffee shops and things like that? Do you tend to to bump into lots of other people who work in the tech space?
1: Yeah, a lot of people around here do work in the tech space. So we kind of like in a little bit of a bubble here in some ways. So it's a, <laughs> it's a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. <laughs>
0: Double edged swords. Yeah. So I don't think there's many people in the managed service provider space who are unfamiliar with Barracuda. But if somebody wasn't familiar with Barracuda, how would you describe what the company does?
1: Yeah, Barracuda is um, what we do is basically we're a cybersecurity company. We provide a lot of different um, security solutions for organizations all over the world. We we work with companies in North America, in Europe, and across Asia Pac. And um, security is a big word. There is a lot of companies focusing on security, and uh, Barracuda has a lot of um, different solutions in the email space and network security, application security, data protection. Um, been around for a while as well, so uh, um, I'm not surprised that a lot of our MSPs would probably heard of us, especially that Barracuda has always traditionally focused on uh, SMBs and smaller businesses, so it, it's a nice fit um, with uh, MSPs who also focus on the same kind of customer size and customer segment.
0: Yeah. Now you mentioned, you alluded to the fact that Barracuda has got a really big catalog of some really smart, interesting products. Right now, Alicia, what is the product that you're most excited about? If I could get you to narrow it down to just one.
1: Well, you know, I, I, I do work on email security, so that's <laughs> what, what I'm most excited about. You know, if you had somebody else come in from Barracuda, they probably would have said they're excited about in a different area. But email security is definitely um. A great set of products for for uh for Barracuda. And it's uh and it's an important one as well, because um a lot of threats do come through the email. Um and the vast majority of data breaches today. If you look at you know, whatever reports, you look at the email phishing attacks that always on the top of the list for uh for, for for the breaches, the networks are hard to penetrate, but the email, everybody receives an email, right? Like how many emails do you receive every day? How many of them come from outside of your organization? And, yeah. you know, and it's, um, and hackers know that. So they, they found the weakest spot when it comes to, um, uh, to getting inside and they use, uh, newer types of techniques to get through like social engineering attacks, um, and, uh, and so forth. So it's, it, you know a lot of the time the traditional security solutions that we have for email like our email gateways are not always enough because hackers have known them for decades they've been around for a decade so they've developed ways to bypass them and to get their hacks and bad emails into users inboxes and trick them into responding or replying and um you know, investing in the different types of technology, which is uh, some of the things that Barracuda started to develop over the past uh, few years, such as use uh, the ones that use artificial intelligence and machine learning, really try to um, are able to help organizations to find the attacks that do tend to kind of bypass um, uh, those traditional uh, security solutions that we have in place or had in place with their gates.
0: Yeah, you, know, you mentioned you know email security, the resources Barracuda put in there. Email security is something that I know Barracuda is very, very well known and respected for. Um, you mentioned there's lots of different vectors nowadays that you know cyber criminals can get in. Where are Barracuda focusing their resources on where it comes to email security? Mm-hmm. Where, if I was to change that question around, put it in another way, where are cyber criminals focusing most of their mm-hmm. attention when it comes to trying to break in?
1: Yeah. So and. Where they focused our attention is where we focus our solutions. And, you know, you're right in that. Um, What what hackers have been doing over the past years is really um, focusing on the more kind of targeted type of threats, like uh, social engineering attacks that do get through. And uh, what that means is that traditional security is able to block 95, 98% of the attacks that um, we, we're used to such as spam or malware but once it gets to those carefully crafted emails you know they do get through and you need to have a, um, a solution that is able to block those attacks and um and a, a lot of the time you know that requires something more than just a set of sophisticated policies, and uh, that's why I was talking earlier about machine learning and artificial intelligence that really helps to learn, for example, the patterns of communication within the organization, and then um, identify any anomalous emails, like unusual communication between two people. That doesn't usually happen on the way, uh, or email address that, you know, your CEO never usually uses to make a request. uh, and, uh, And, you know, you really need to have uh, a sophisticated level of um, detection when it comes to that. Um, so we've been investing a lot in, in AI, and what we also found is that <clears throat> um, just detection is not enough because one day, sooner or later, an attack unfortunately will get through um, and will land in users' inboxes. And what you need is is a way is a, a quick response to that attack. So you. Can, you don't want to just have solutions in place that just block attacks. You want solutions also in place to help you to respond and respond fast. And that usually that process is really manual. So imagine, you know, you work in an organization that has 50, 60, 100, couple of hundred employees even, and uh, uh, you know, one of them reported an attack and you know, it's inside the user's inboxes. Well, is it inside one user inbox? or hundred users in boxes, how are you gonna find it? There are ways, but they're highly manual and they're not automated in any ways. So a lot of the MSPs, for example, will work with smaller size organizations that don't have resources in place to go and, and search for all of the attacks and contact every individual within the organization um, to remove that attack. So you want to have tools that to help you with incident response and uh it, you know, and, and that's how and that's one of the areas that we've been investing quite a lot, automating that incident response for organizations and then also providing the tools for the MSPs who can then take these tools and use it for their customers and a lot of the time, you know, monetize on additional services that they can provide when it comes to cleanup and incident response. So this is a, this is a, you know, great investment for, for us to make our customers safer and for uh, MSPs to uh, make additional profits and additional revenue while making the customers safer at the same time.
0: Yeah, absolutely makes sense. And by the way, feel free to mention any specific Barracuda tools, because I know you've got a big mm. uh, sort of catalogue there. So you mentioned about the, uh, the incident response. Is there a specific tool within the Barracuda portfolio that, um, uh, that would help with that?
1: Yeah. So three years ago, we've, uh, we've launched forensics and incident response, and uh, we, we've had a, a lot of success with that. And actually uh, recently, just a couple of uh, months ago, we've um, launched an additional capability within that called automated workflows. And what it does, it's basically automates, completely automates uh, your response. So let's say you want, um, you have um uh, a specific playbook for which you want to respond to phishing attacks. If, if I receive uh, the same email has been reported to me by five employees, I just wanted to remove it automatically. I don't even want to go in and look at the email. I know it's probably bad. So set up that automated workflow for your for your response, and you know technology will take uh, take care of that zero resources necessary from you. So we really found that uh, our forensics and incident response capability helps organizations to save time from hours in responding to attacks to just minutes. And when it comes to attacks, you know, seconds matter sometimes because you only need one individual to click on on, on the email and, you know, boom. you know, it's, Away you
0: go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In in terms of the attacks, what are the trends that you're seeing in email security as an industry?
1: Um, So one of the biggest trends we're probably seeing is that email email threats are really succeeding, you know, and they are increasing in their complexity. It's a lot of the time it it is kind of like a a bit of a race, security vendors and organizations against hackers who are just in a lot of times just as smart as as innovative as um security organizations would be and what we've seen in the past five to seven years and particularly in the last kind of few years is this shift from a volumetric type of attacks so think about you know spam and malware and all that stuff to a more targeted type of threats like uh like social engineering attacks and um, we've also seen um the shift from an individual um, attacker like just creating a campaign of you know, spray and pray approach from the garage someplace and trying to see if somebody will click on the link or if the the email will land actually in users' inboxes to, you know, organize criminal enterprises really taking advantage of... uh, of of email popularity of email and to spread the tax ransomware um and you know they're really organized and they have a lot of resources they have they have researchers they have programmers they're organized they they research the targets really carefully and the, you know they they're really not focusing on just getting inside and destroying your data and and just raising havoc what they want is the money you know it's always about the money so they they are looking for uh for a return on their investment and usually in millions
0: yeah as these attacks are getting more sophisticated presumably they're becoming more difficult to detect would that be mm-hmm. true or you know and how how can we help msps to find detect these uh threats
1: yeah they they're definitely uh, for sure that they're, they're, they're so much more difficult to detect than they were before. And, you know, don't get me wrong, there's 90, as I said, I think earlier on, like 97% of attacks, we're pretty good at detecting. So any of those high volume attacks that we know are coming from a bad sender or bad IP or has um, uh, some kind of malicious payload, like uh, a link leading to malware or a bad attachment, there are a lot of great technologies. They're incredibly accurate at detecting those attacks. The attacks that are difficult to detect are those impersonation type of attacks that don't actually have an obviously malicious payload. Um, we've all heard of business email compromise attacks, hopefully, and uh, are all aware of what those things are. But that's a, a kind of uh, a newer type of attack that is becoming really, really difficult to detect because what hackers are doing is that they're going and they're registering their Gmail accounts, which are have a very high reputation. They're not going to use it to spam and send 10,000 emails out. They will go on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on other social media. They will research the targets. They will understand the structure within the organization. They will pick the target and they will write an email from that Gmail account impersonating um, an individual of authority of some kind within the organization or the partner or a customer. And it will have no... Payloads of any kind. It will have no link. It will have no attachment. There is nothing for email gateway to be triggered and to say, hey, you know what? This email is a bad email because it's not a bad email. It's a good email. It comes from a Gmail and it asks for some help. There is nothing malicious about that. How are you going to detect that? That's a really difficult email to detect. What hackers are also doing is that it's almost taking it a step further. They um, they they are able to use these attacks to take over accounts and then almost insert themselves in the middle of a conversation. Um for example, you know, you know, we we've had a conversation like you have a lot of people from outside the organization that you will email back and forth to. You probably have some vendors that you work with yeah. uh, on a regular basis. So if your vendor's account got hacked, Uh, What hackers are doing is they look at the history of your communication. They see that, you know, you've talked to this individual before. They go ahead, they register a domain that looks really similar to your domain, you know, miss a letter, misspell one letter and send send an email pretending to be you to your vendor and saying, hey, you know what, Here's, here's the new account information for you to wire some money on. And you don't know and your vendor doesn't know because they think this is, a legitimate conversation. I've talked to this guy before. I know we've had the relationship, um, and that's what makes it really difficult to detect. And you know, conversation hijacking, the vendor impersonation is like some of this new attacks that we've only seen the real rise over the past twelve to twenty four months, and a uh, big, big problem in in some industries.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's very impressive from one perspective, but also terrifying uh, from another. I spoke to a UK-based MSP very recently who was in exactly that same situation that you mentioned with a client where uh, the the hacker had actually inserted themselves in between, sent an email Mm -hmm. from a domain that was one letter. Difference, so yeah. so the uh, you know, uh, and they actually said, "Oh yeah, exactly. We uh, we're changing the bank details. Can you transfer the money to this account?" And yeah. thankfully, this end user just had the um, the uh, presence of mind to get in touch with their MSP and say is this real is this an actual thing and it you know because otherwise it could have cost them tens and tens of thousands of pounds so it is terrifying i guess from that perspective uh, alicia um what advice would you give to msps in terms of educating their clients to these new type of threats that are out there
1: well definitely educate so you know you want to take time to first educate Yourself in many ways and uh, find out what are those latest latest threats and it's uh, it's good to keep um, keep up with that and Barracuda can help like with Barracuda we at Barracuda we publish regularly publish um, research on the latest threats that we find and um, there's a couple of resources that you can take a look the, the the good starting point is our 13 email threats ebook great ebook defines it's really good ebook by the way very yeah. very strong yeah um so take a look at that and you know make sure that you understand all of those threats and uh, this is all we we see in among our customers every day and uh send it to your customer as well Send send to people you work with so that they know um and that they they can sit down, and look at those uh threats and figure out can i can i really um protect myself against all of those do, do my uh, employees know all of those my training them to recognize them and you know and, and then uh, work with your customers to develop those strategies to educate them to uh, put um, um, put the right set of uh, protection for them right set of response tools for those as well
0: yeah, and we'll include a link to that ebook in the show notes of this podcast because it really is a great uh, ebook, um, not only for MSPs but to share with clients. I want to talk some more about the the wealth mm-hmm. of education that Barracuda have got available. But before we do that, you, you work with so many uh, MSPs of all shapes and sizes. Would you say there's one mistake that you see MSPs making when it comes to keeping their clients safe?
1: Um, what I would say is that maybe maybe one of the things that um, MSPs are missing out on is uh, a lot of the time we kind of get into this, I know what I'm doing. I know the type of technologies and the type of protection that my customers need because it worked before. Well, what worked before may not work anymore. So it's important to review some of those materials like the 13 email thread types and and, uh, and review what kind of protection that you provide for, um, for your customers today. Um, you know you you don't want to just kind of stop at uh, the threat prevention level you know preventing threats is very important but and but while you prevent 99% of threats you want to make sure that that 1% you still have a plan for that so do you only have a gateway in place is that enough because it's probably not you want to investigate other other solutions that will help you prevent those threats um are, you educate, are your customers educating their users? Are you helping them? Do you have a security awareness program in place? If you don't, you probably want to because you want to make sure that they know about all of those business email compromise and conversation hijacking and um, not just able to recognize those attacks, but know what to do with it. Like a lot of the time customers will, um, individuals will see an email that looks um, bad, but like, yeah, you know, I'm not gonna click on it, but I'm not gonna report it either. But they have to, because that will really help uh, with threat hunting and um, and uh, being able to find out if if that is a part of a bigger threat for organization. Um, and then also, you know, develop a response plan because mm. you know no matter how much you train and what kind of uh, technology and filters you put in place. Unfortunately, sooner or later, something will get through. You know, the biggest companies in the world with the best security in the world get hacked. <laughs> you know, yeah. so everybody can get hacked. So make sure you have a response plan in place so you can minimize the damage, so you can understand the scope of the attack, so you can stop it before it spreads and causes um, you know, an organization to go out of business sometimes. Um, and One of the most important parts of the response plan is not just speed of the response, but ability to protect your data. Because organizations, uh, the most valuable thing they have for most organizations is the data. If the data gets cracked, if data gets encrypted, if I cannot get access to my data anymore, a lot of the time, I cannot work anymore. And protecting and backing up that data so you can restore it in case you lost it, whether that's due to attack or accidental loss is, is, is very, very important. should be part of any security plan that you have for customers.
0: Yeah. This has got to be a multi-layered approach, isn't it? I think the days where we can rely on just one uh, layer of security have long since gone, which probably explains why Barracuda's catalogue of products. There's multiple different uh, products in there to keep people safe. You mentioned an incident response plan. Um, Can you give any suggestions for MSPs listening to this who don't have an incident response plan? Where would they get started with that? Are there any external resources you could recommend?
1: Yeah so uh, the g- good place to get started is to um find tools that help you automate like this is your number one uh stop and the work they can help i talked about uh forensics and incident response and you know getting your um getting getting that automated incident response in place is is a good um Um, is a good starting point we also have um, a number of resources that you can reference as well that will help like almost like a checklist to help you build out your incident response so we have some blogs we have some um, um, webinars to educate yourself if you want to dive deeper into that and um, get hold of our checklist and and go through that and see if you have all of the things that you you have in place and then um start working with your customers to uh, figure out what will work for them as well um, in terms of the response, what kind of solutions they already have in place and how you can use that to build into, into that incident response plan.
0: Yeah, and again, we'll include um, in the show notes for this podcast all of the links to all of the resources that Alicia is talking about here, because there are a lot. There are a lot of really high quality resources on uh, on mm-hmm. Barracuda's website. I want to rewind a little bit. So, we've talked about a, a little bit about spear phishing and the idea that some cyber criminals are targeting specific individuals within organizations, perhaps playing the long game there. But uh, and, and the fact that it's not just big businesses who get targeted here, small businesses, all sorts of organizations, charities, nonprofits, everybody really is, um, is a potential, um, uh, potentially going to be attacked here. Even at the SMB level, we're seeing more MSPs reporting that their clients have been hit by ransomware. What can MSPs be doing to protect their clients from ransomware? Is there any specific steps they should be taking right now?
1: Yeah, ransomware, it can be really devastating. Um, you know, we, we ran a number of uh, <clears throat> webinars and um, other events for our customers. And a lot of the time we will ask them um, a question, which, which email attacks? Uh, which one of the following threats keeps you up at night or which ones do you think Mm. that you're most concerned about? And um, I've been doing this for for a few years and it's always been phishing and social engineering. But over the past year, there's a real shift. Like when we start putting ransomware, everybody's concerned about ransomware. And ransomware attacks have been devastating over the past 12 months. And they've been growing in their um, complexity and in some ways audacity because... They, they no longer ask you for a few thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars. They ask for millions of dollars. Mm. And it's it's a really expensive attack. <laughs> and and uh, and it's a really sophisticated one because traditionally what happened with ransomware is that you, you will get, let's say, uh, an email. If the email is probably one of the uh, main kind of delivery vehicles for uh, a ransomware attack. And usually you will get an email that will um, have an attachment or a link that will have um, a malicious code associated with that. And that is basically uh, a ransomware that will encrypt your data. Um, But with uh, advances in protection and technology, we're able to scan those links and those attachments. And and even if we've never seen uh, this Type of a malware before we we're able to detect um, an unusual activity um, of the attachment and, and block that and um, and not deliver it to the end users. So what what hackers are starting doing is that they figured that out and they think, okay, well I'm not going to attach my attachment to um, to the inbox anymore uh, to the, my email, so deliver it to the inbox. I will send an email with no attachments, so I can still your credentials. So instead of asking you to download an attachment or go to the link and download the file from there, they send you to a phishing site that will ask you for your credentials, for example. So it's a multi-step approach. It's a slightly different one because once they inside your account, they inside the organization. You know, so you want to make sure that your email is protected from not just the ransomware as a malware attack, but from a phishing attack, from account takeover and compromise. Once you've protected your email, your next step is to make sure that your applications are protected. Because if they're inside the organization, what they will might do is get hold of your applications and and um, spread the malware uh, and and uh, ransomware attack through your applications. So make sure your apps are protected. But you know what? Sometimes, as I've said this a number of times, things happen. You know, and yeah. you may have the best protection, but ransomware is still got you. So what do you need to do? You need to recover, and to recover, you need to make sure that your data is protected. So protect your data. That's a that's your last. Kind of stance against uh, a ransomware attack, and especially if you're on Office 365, and a lot of small organizations are on Office 365. Because did you know that Office Microsoft Office 365 actually does not back up your data? A lot of companies think they do, but it's only backed up for around 30 days or so. After that, it's not backed up. And in fact, they tell you to go and work with a third party, uh, and Barracuda can can back up your data um, in the cloud safely. So if you are um, if you are hit by a ransomware, you can really recover really quickly and continue continue with your with your day. You know, yeah. Like
0: <laughs> you, you, you've you made a really important point there. So I know lots of MSPs listening to this. And I have this conversation a lot where they say, hey, uh, our clients are using uh, Microsoft uh, 365, Office 365. They're using Google Workspace. Um, mm-hmm. Microsoft and Google keep us protected. And I say to them, yes, sort of, but not Completely. So, what you just said about using a third-party backup tool uh, on top of that, uh, I think that's a really important point, isn't it? Because you know, whilst Microsoft and Google and the other players in this market do want to keep you safe, uh, perhaps they they you know, when it comes to restoring data, it's not nearly as good as using a third-party product, is it? It,
1: Yeah. No. It's. uh... Office 365, as I mentioned, themselves tell you, you need to go and back up your data. Like this is just not, we will not do that for you. So, and there's a lot of other service, uh, a lot of other things that um, when it comes to Microsoft, they've developed a set of great security and productivity products, but a lot of other organizations are building on top of that. And they want to build this uh, kind of, you know, an environment around, uh, around the brands that for other organizations to uh, build solutions for Office 365. Because the more security solutions other organizations build for them, the data protection and other type of uh, things that are needed to uh, work for Office 365, the more organizations will adopt Office 365 because they know they have choices in, in the way that they protect uh, the environment and make themselves more productive.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I wanted to give a shout out actually to one of the Barracuda tools on the website—a free tool that I think is really cool, uh, the Barracuda Office 365 Email Threat Scanner. Uh, mm-hmm. You offer that for free. How does that service work? If if somebody's not familiar with it.
1: Oh yeah, G- great tool, great tool to uh, uh, to mention here. And it's uh, um, a Barcode Office uh, uh, 365 email thread scanner is, is a free tool and uh, you know you can go and sign up for it today. If you're on Office 365, all you need is, uh, is uh, your admin credentials. So it'll take a couple of minutes to sign up. What it does is it basically uh, uh, allows our um, AI to go and uh, scan your... Uh, email environment looking back um, I think around 12 months and find out what's hiding inside your users inboxes did you get attacked and you never realized is there a phishing attack waiting for somebody to click on the malicious link Um, and we will give you a report it takes uh, depends on the size of your organization uh, but takes just a few hours for for most companies and we've um we run the scan for thousands and thousands of organizations. And I think in like 95% of the time, we find something, at least one email. Uh, most of the time, a lot more than just one email. It's um, just a great tool to uh, see, you know, where your gaps are really in in, uh, in email security. And for MSPs, it's a great tool to showcase barracuda solutions and to say hey you know what you have is not enough you want to know what barracuda can help you with how they can do make it better run the scan and you know i'll call you back in three hours and we can talk about it and it's a it's a great tool great sales tool great security tool
0: and free as well. Again, we will and include a, a link to it in the show notes. But for any MSP listening, not familiar with it, the Barracuda Office 365 Email Threat Scanner, go and check it out because, as Alicia says, it is a great sales tool as well. Uh, so if you're speaking to a new, uh, you know, a new client or a prospective client, run the scan across there and immediately perhaps highlight something that uh, a previous IT company or their previous tools have not been able to to highlight. It's a really good way to to build up that credibility. And and talking of credibility, when I think of Barracuda, the one thing I really appreciate about the company is that you place this such a high value on education. You've got, you know, we've already touched upon this in our conversation, Alicia, once, but... You've got this huge uh, library of white papers. You've got eBooks. You've got blog posts on your website. The the educational uh, site, Smarter MSP, uh, that William Lindsay and the team put together, I think is incredible. And I'm not just saying that because I write for the site. Uh, I really do think it's a magnificent resource. But for any MSPs listening, um, they might question, well, what's the return on investment that Barracuda see from all of this educational activity? And the reason I ask you that question, Alyssa, is MSPs. We've been talking about them educating their customers, their clients. People might be thinking, "Well, what's in it for me? What's the return on investment of doing all this education?"
1: Well, the you're right. We do have a lot of uh, resources, and one of the reasons why we have a lot of resources is because the threat landscape is changing constantly. We have to keep keep up with this, and this is why. You also need to educate your customers and yourself because the threat landscape is changing. Um, if, if you are not going to follow uh, what's going on in the industry two years from now, um, your customers will be vulnerable. And if they are vulnerable, they're not going to be your customers anymore. They will go and find somebody else. Who is yes. able to protect them better? So you do want to keep up with them, and you do want to educate your customers as well, because it's not just on you to keep yourself safe. It, it, to keep your customers safe, it's on the on your customers to keep themselves safe as well. So you know, if you if you want, um, if you understand what keeps them up at night, you know, if if you understand how they're being attacked. Then you will be you will understand what you need to do um, to help them, and then you will be able to put together the right set of solutions for them, uh, and you know that will just lead to a better win rate for you, for less churn in the long run, for a higher ACV, for. for for yourself so know, yeah, it's really is a it's a kind of like a win-win situation here so over time just keep up with this you subscribe to barracuda's blog every month we put out um, a threat research on the blog and you can see what's the latest threats uh in email in application security in uh, network security what are what are the things that i need to look out for um what are the things i need to pay attention to
0: yeah, and again, huge shout out for Smarter MSP, uh, com, uh, all the different sites there. So much good stuff. We'll include all the links in, in the show notes. Alicia. I want to change tact uh, just a little bit. Um, you're a really highly respected uh, lady in the tech industry, very, very successful at what you do. To rewind a little bit earlier in your career, what made you choose a career in tech and security?
1: Yeah, good question um you know it's always changing it's always current like technology is all around us if you if you think about it 20 years ago where we were with technology you know and where we are today even 10 years ago it's changed so much and that's it's just never boring and there is there's always um something new to learn something new to do and uh, it's and it's all around us and security and specifically it's also very important like i, I do believe that it's uh everybody will always need some form of security solution. Hackers are not going anywhere. They're just going to change the tactics. They're just getting smarter as you know as we are starting to use machine learning so they are, you know, and uh, and that's attracted me. It's uh, it's just an you know job security, right? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I will always Need for security, need for technology will always be there. And it's it's a fascinating space that is just evolving around us and uh, a, a lot to learn, a lot to, to do. And, you know, being in security feels like you're on, on, on the good side, fighting the bad guys.
0: <laughs> you are a superhero of the IT industry. Absolutely. If I, again... Uh, as you, your career has taken different steps and you've grown as a person for any uh, other women uh, listening uh, today, what steps have you taken to progress your career, to stay current in this industry?
1: Well, there's, there's a lot to learn. And we, we talked a lot about education. Um, and I think it's, it's, a it is, um, it is a big part of, of that, you, you know, you, you need to Um, know what's going on in the space but you also need to make sure that you like the space because um, it's really difficult to learn and to read up on things that you don't enjoy so Mm. surround yourself with people that like you that you can learn from and you know you you may want to to have like success right away but sometimes you just better off to really taking a little bit of time and um, understanding what your strengths are and and what you really enjoy because it's really hard to be successful at things you don't like to do so yeah. <laughs> figure that out first I think
0: yeah, and not much fun if you're having to grind mm-hmm. results out instead of enjoying what you do. And you clearly enjoy what you do, Alicia. It was wonderful uh, to see. You, you said you, you know, you chose a career in technology and security because you like the, the constant challenges and the constant way the industry changes. What do you think we could do as an industry, as an IT industry, as a managed service-provided industry, to encourage more girls and women to work in the technology space?
1: Well, I, I think, um, the industry has changed a lot, uh, over the past few couple of decades. And, you know, I'm, I'm already surrounded by a lot of women in, in my organization and the number is growing, um every year. And, um, many of them are very accomplished and many of them had many years of, uh, success in the long careers. And it's, it's great to see because they do provide a lot of guidance and mentorship, um, that is very encouraging for, um, younger women that might want to enter, um, and enter the space. So, and, you know, there's a lot of opportunity, you know, there's, there's, um, around something like three and a half million cybersecurity vacancies around the mm. globe today. And it's you know, that there, there are jobs. There are jobs out there for um men or women to take. And this industry is getting very um very diverse uh with time. And and a lot of the tech um companies starting to offer. internships and they have been for, uh, for a while. So, you know, encouraging diversity within those programs will definitely help, uh, and encourage a lot of people to, um, um, to join, to join the space. And, um, you know, maybe also while the industry is changing, um, the next step maybe to work a little bit on the image of the, industry to change yeah. as well um, because I think that there might be a little bit of misconception as to what is actually going on and uh, how diverse it is already and how many opportunities there are uh, for people of all sorts of backgrounds and uh, types and, uh, and and abilities.
0: Yeah. And I hope that, you know, um, uh, recording these podcast episodes with people like yourself, Alicia, and the other amazing women in tech, we can sort of raise the uh, profile a little bit and say, uh, you know, uh, to to other uh, women in whatever industry, uh, to girls coming out of school, technology, you know, is not um uh, it's not just all about boys and toys playing with things Mm -hmm. this is an open space now and there are women like yourself you know blazing a trail here and really doing good work that is making a difference every single day so uh, thank you for the work that you do you mentioned earlier about mentoring and um uh, the uh, culture that you've got at barracuda mentoring people who would you say has been a positive influence on your career and why
1: yeah, I, you know, I had I've been lucky enough to have a lot of great people mm. uh, to mentor me over the years. And uh, and, you know, I if I if I really think about it, it will probably be not as much as a who, because so many people had an impact on on who I am and what I've learned over the years but um, for me it probably was more of a place where I started and, and the way I started my career I I uh, kicked off my career at Forest Research and uh, while I that was the first kind of tech-related role that I had and although that was a very long time ago and I you know and I had a lot of um, different positions since then it's it's really um, more than any other company has managed to make a great foundation for me and, and when I think about it what is it that my first job gave me and why um, I I think it's so important. It's um, it's that that particular roles and early in my career, I didn't really focus on developing an understanding of <clears throat> a specific market or a product. Um, it was more developing um, skills that I've taken with me throughout my career, like um, you know, critical thinking or ability to dissect a problem, find a solution, writing, presentation skills. These are really foundational skills, and uh, I I was able to have the best teachers in the best place to learn those skills and focus earlier on them in my career um so you know when i and i took them them with me to every single job that i i've had since so my earlier role helped me to prepare me for my later roles and then you know the knowledge about the products in the market Those are things you can learn and you will continue to learn over the years. But those fundamental skills, they are so much harder to develop. So it's it's really better to start early and find a good place and a good mentor to help you develop those.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for being a virtual mentor today to all of our listeners with all the information that you've shared. Really, really appreciate it. Um. If anybody wants to find out more about Barracuda, then we've got a special page up at tub.co forward slash Barracuda MSP. And Alicia, before we go, for anybody who wants to continue the conversation with you, wants to reach out to you, wants to know more about your role and what you do within the managed service industry, how can they find you online to have a chat with you?
1: Oh, I think uh, LinkedIn is probably the easiest one. I'm. You can find me on LinkedIn, so just feel free to connect. Feel free to send me a message. Um, yeah, and yeah, you know, take a look at Barracuda website. And uh, there are a lot of blogs that you can follow me on blogs. Um, there's also a lot of webinars. If you look through our uh, past webinars on the events page, you can find some some other things and uh, some other thoughts from from myself and my colleagues there too.
0: Yeah, you are a very, very smart bunch of people at Barracuda. So thank you for what you're doing to raise awareness of cybersecurity within the MSP industry. Much appreciated. Alicia, I know how busy you are. So thank you for, uh, for getting up early on the West Coast today and talking to me. Really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, well, thanks for having me here. Really enjoy that conversation. Thank you.
0: My, my pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for joining. That is all for this week's Tub Talk. We'll look forward to speaking to you next time. This season of Tub Talk is brought to you by Barracuda MSP. Every 11 seconds, there's a new ransomware attack. There are so many ransomware attacks, governments are now classifying them as terrorism. You've seen the news. oil pipelines, universities, corporations, all paying millions of dollars. It's not just big companies that are being targeted. Small and medium-sized businesses are becoming victims too. So what are you as an MSP doing to help your clients from becoming the next statistic? Barracuda MSP is here to help ensure you and your clients are prepared and protected against the inevitable ransomware attack. 1. Attacks start with an innocent-looking email that tricks users into revealing usernames and passwords. Barracuda MSP can train your clients on your behalf to recognise an attack and enable you to deploy anti-phishing technology. 2. Secure clients' web applications. File-sharing services, web forms and e-commerce sites often have weak points hackers are looking for. If hackers get into these applications, they go after business data. Protect access to these applications so hackers can't get onto you your client's network. Three, backup is a must. Today's solutions make it simple and fast to protect archives and backup or restore an up-to-date copy of an entire server or an individual file. Let Barracuda MSP help you strengthen your ransomware protection plans. As a special offer for TubTalk listeners, visit barracudamsp.com forward slash TubTalk and receive a free first month on any subscription you start with Barracuda MSP. That's barracudamsp.com forward slash TubTalk and receive a free first month on any subscription you start with Barracuda MSP.